0: Now more of The Bernie Show.
1: On 590 The Fan at 590TheFan.com.
0: And welcome back to The Bernie Show. Uh, Good to have you with us. By the way, you can stream us at any time. Listen to us live or download the show podcast. Listen to when you can and listen to what you want. You go to 590TheFan.com. 590thefan.com or the the 590thefan app, which works really, really well and makes it nice and easy for you. And that way you can cherry pick what you'd like to hear on our show or any show on our station. And it works out well for you. There's a new Seeing Red up. Uh, We recorded it. Will Leach and myself recorded it earlier today. It's got a lot of good stuff in it. I really mean that. So if you haven't checked it out yet, it's called Seeing Red. Uh, You can find that wherever you get your podcast or, of course, on 590thefan.com or five, through the 590 the Fan app. I want to talk about Nolan Arenado. Um, th- this has been uh, a stressful season for him, and you can tell by watching him. You know, he seems really, um, really kind of jumpy. You can just see the frustration on his face. The body language isn't great. And I know, uh, and I'm not, uh, I don't think this is a reach. He wanted to be in St. Louis because he wanted to have a chance to win. And in theory, win it all, at least a chance every year. A Team competitive, regularly in the playoffs, so on and so forth. Instead, he's walked into a situation where at times in the standings, the Cardinals have been worse than the Colorado Rockies, the team he wanted to get away from because they're just chronic losers who don't know what they're doing. So I can, I can imagine if some of that's kind of creeping into his mind. It's like, oh, my goodness, you know, I, th- I thought I'd gotten away from this stuff. So he's really, really frustrated. Now, I don't know for a fact he thinks that, but come on. You know, you know it's got to be in his mind a little bit. And by the way, the Cardinals are still a much better place to be in terms of competitive baseball. I'm not pardoning the season they've had, but you also need to put it in perspective a little bit. I mean, yeah, they've had one losing season since uh, the end of 1999. You know, so they're, they, they're, they've they been a consistent winner. Um, this has been awful. No one needs to apologize for being ticked off about it. But at sometimes you guys say, well, all right, maybe they had one of these coming, especially because the front office didn't take care of their business. And they're finally paying the price. That's how I see it. They just assume everything they were doing you know, all these years was still work, still ahead of the, everyone else. We're smarter. We're the Cardinals. We know what we're doing. You all don't. And that arrogance and complacency caught up to them. That's how I see this. Um, but overall, since DeWitt bought the team in, before the 96 season, listen, Cardinals fans, uh, media, we've all had a pretty good. It's been all kinds of winning baseball, fun baseball, exciting baseball, big-time baseball uh, to write about, talk about and just get into. Their postseason success has been on the wane, and that's a big problem as well. Um So Nolan Arenado decided to stay in St. Louis. He could have opted out, and, you know, given who was on the hunt, all these teams are spending fortunes on free agents and everything else, or teams that would have said, you know what, we were going to keep uh, – I'll give you an example the Dodgers. Okay, you know, we were going to keep – we were going to keep the lid on our payroll this year, but oh, Arenado opted out. We got to go get him. You know, he would have he would have commanded so much money. Uh, listen, but he he's got great perspective. He said I, I make I'm blessed to make the money I do. I'm very happy with it. I'm very happy in St. Louis. I don't want to be anywhere else. It's been a very unusual year for him because he's not himself, and I do, I do think that frustration's got a lot to do with it. Once again, as I said earlier, just watch him during times where he's not hitting or at times where his defense isn't sharp, which has happened a lot, which really does surprise me. And by his standards, he's not having a good season, by his standards. I mean, the guy's still sitting here with 15 homers and 50 RBIs. You know, it's not like he is feeble, but he's just not up to standard. And the most shocking thing, if you look at defensive run save, Nolan Arenado is like, Way down on the list of major league shortstops, he's minus three. and other, words, I I don't I don't recall a time other than early in the season when he first got here, 2021, first month or so, he was like maybe a minus one or he was he was neutral. Never remember him slipping into a minus three, and he's behind uh, a lot of major league third basemen in that area. He's got plenty of time to recover, but some of his mishaps. In the field are uncharacteristic. You just come to expect a certain standard from him, and so when it doesn't happen, and maybe we're unrealistic to think he's going to be absolutely great every single season defensively, he's probably entitled to be in a defensive slump here and there. And if you're a Cardinals fan, or if you're the Cardinals, or you're I don't know, you got to hope that that's all this has been. So, but then you look at his offense, and you look at. Um, his all-around value. I mean, this is a guy, because of his defense, his hitting, even his base running last year, which wasn't bad. Um, if you look at where he was, let me flip my page here. Uh, last season, he w- his value was uh, seven, 7.3 wins above replacement. That was number two to Manny Machado in the, uh, among third basemen in the majors. And his uh, his his hitting metric 100 is average. He was 51% over the league average. Now him and Machado, in effect, were essentially tied in both of those areas for offensive performance. And we know that Arenado won a Gold Glove. We know that he had a, you know runs saved galore, all this good stuff. So if you look around like last year, you know he had seven, like I mentioned, 7.3 wins above replacement. Uh, I looked at it today because of his defense, which is bringing this down, and his offense, which has dropped, and it's bringing him down there. And I don't think his base running metric's all that hot either. He's got 1.1 war, 1.1 war, which is tied for 14th among major league third basemen. His hitting metric, WRC+, plus, sounds like you're ordering a uh, soft drink or something. Um, he's 13% above average. He was 51% above average last season. Uh, he's striking out more than he has, I, I think, pretty much ever in his career. It's still a, a low strikeout rate. It's like 19%, but it's way up from last year. And it, it's like every little... Every every place where you, you can measure him, you know, he's down. Now... The chicken littles will say, see, that's why you got to trade him because he's done. Uh, By next year, he's going to be hit 219. You know, no, I don't think so. I think he's frustrated. I think he's let it get to him. He's a real persnickety type guy. When he screws up, he punishes himself. He's really hard on himself. He gets down. But I think he's had a hard time dealing with all this. I think the losing has really just probably... uh, screwed up his head a little bit, and who blames him? I think he'll also adjust to that, and I think he'll get gone. But when you look at the Cardinals as far as wins above replacement, you know, the Fangraph's version of this, he's way down on the list. Goldschmidt, on the other hand, even though his offensive numbers are down, and didn't we realistically expect that to be the case? He wasn't going to repeat 2022. I'm not sure why there are people that thought he would. He wouldn't. He never would. Was not going to happen, period. But he's still like 35%, 37% above average offensively, according to OPS Plus. And he's one of the best fielding first basemen in the majors. And he runs the bases great. Goldschmidt's got a lot of baseball left in him, really good baseball. And that's why it's even – it's just incredibly stupid to, to believe, to suggest, let alone believe, that the Cardinals are going to trade Paul Goldschmidt. It ain't going to happen. Um. But, man, oh, man, oh, man, I have to say, when when I was looking at uh, Arenado today and I was looking at, uh, in terms of wins above replacement, Cardinals position players. Now, listen to this carefully. Um, the higher the number, the better you are. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt, 2.6, which means he's on the way to another uh, five-win, six-win season. Is That's how you kind of measure it. You know, How many wins above replacement level is a guy? He's he's headed to another year where he's he's going to be you know worth uh, five and a half six six and a half runs above replacement which is really good. You have Brandon Brandon Donovan next at 1.5 wins above replacement. You have Newt Bar even though he's hurt twice, he's at 1.3 wins above replacement. You got uh, Nolan Gorman, despite the slump, he's at 1.3 wins above replacement. Part of that is because He's actually improved defensively. Let me let me interrupt myself here and say this. Uh, I can tell you one thing, 100%, even though it's June the 27th, it's not September the 27th, I can tell you 100% something I absolutely, under no circumstances, expected what I would see right now. R- defensive run saved. Nolan Arenado, minus three. Nolan Gorman, minus three. Plus two. No. No one out there listening, no one period could have possibly predicted that. So that that fits into the whole thing about this cardinal season is upside down and it's kind of nuts. All right. So Newtbar and Gorman have one point three wins above replacement. Next comes Edmund at one point two which makes sense next comes and yeah you're gonna you're gonna pause you're gonna say what next comes paul de young at 1.2 because of the power because he's a good base runner and because he's very he's good to very good defensively so there's value in all of that it's not just offense paul de young right now has more wins above replacement than nolan arenado who comes next on the list i mean that it's like again Again, <laughs> that's crazy. If you tell me that basically the final week of June, Paul DeYoung would have a higher wins above replacement value than Nolan Arenado, I would say, first of all, stop take stop using drugs if that's an issue. You need to, you need to just whatever you're doing, you need to stop. I would say that, and then number two, I would call one of my friends at FanGraphs and I'd say, are you, are you guys sure about this? And they are, man, and they're you know, their wins above replacements have been as steady as she goes. So um this is a really weird season for the Cardinals. I just gave you a couple of examples. And I gotta believe, and I don't think I'm being a Pollyanna, I gotta believe that Arenado is gonna pick himself up and he's gonna do much better. I think the problem is he could probably use an all-star break. But he may be the Cardinals' only representative. Who knows? He may win the fan vote. I have no idea. I don't particularly care. But he may get the invite anyway. Uh, he probably could use a break. Uh, because he just... he seems to me, uh, Jim Hewer, and I want to know what you think about this. It just mm-hmm. seems to me, based on observation, based on quotes, based on what he says, the way he looks, I don't think anyone on that team has taken the Cardinals season harder than Nolan Arenado. I just, I don't see the physical evidence or the visual evidence. He just is beside himself so many times where you're like, man, he's just playing with rage. And I don't know that that's good for him. He's got to kind of level that off a little bit. He's always going to be hyper competitive, but that's, Entirely different. I don't think anyone on that clubhouse takes this harder than Arenado. He's going to have to find a way to deal with it because they need him to be better than he is. They absolutely need that. If we're going to talk about them making some kind of run, man, it ain't going to happen with an Arenado being a below-average third baseman defensively and having fewer wins above replacement by by a little tick than Paul DeYoung. It's. I mean, it, it, how does this even? It's how is it even possible? with Arenado's performance way down from what we're used to seeing.
1: You know, you you bring that question up and you ask me and I I'm I'm there with you and I don't know why. I mean, I know why cuz he's just ultra competitive, but I I don't know if there's a way to get him to calm down, so to speak, cuz that's just the way he is. I mean, there, he can be going good and he's up there at his feet, he's happy feeting it and he's He's moving around and bang, he's hitting the ball the opposite way and he's getting doubles and he'll hit home runs. he's just a constantly a guy that's in motion and moving. And uh, I can't imagine well, he did it when Colorado, but it's not supposed to be here where you're losing games and you're just constantly coming to the ballpark and it's not working. I the defensive side of things for him this year have been off and I don't I, I don't have a feel for that because there were it's been a couple times this year, Bernie it's not just you know he's not missing a play he just like his double clutching, and then the throw's late. It's like, come on, Goldie, or, or I'm sorry, Arenado, you got you don't do that. You're you're better than that. And those are mistakes on him. He's just not doing. He's just not following through on the way he plays the game. It's not an error where he just can't get to a ball. It's going off his glove. It's just a mental mistake, and I, I don't know where those mental mistakes are coming from him. You don't see that. We haven't seen it, at least. And I'm right. not going to pretend to know, watch him all the time in Colorado to know you know, how it was there, but he was a constant gold glove owner there. It makes me believe he was as solid as he can be when he's here, and he's right. Um, the, the numbers, the defensive numbers you gave me blew me away when you said Gorman's plus two and he's minus three. I'm still going, oh, come on, it can't be real, but you know, I, the I, reality, I it is. It yeah. is. You, you
0: know, no, no, some people who hate metrics will – say that's garbage. You can say whatever you want. Right. I've been following defensive run save for many years, and I trust Fielding Bible and uh, Sports Info Solutions. And and if anybody really, really pays attention, Mm -hmm. and sometimes that's hard in baseball because you're easily distracted, even with um, the faster pace, uh, Nolan Gorman, you could see it right from the beginning, is much better defensively at second base. He's making plays this year that he never made last year. And his range uh, is even better than it was last year. And the fact that he doesn't have the defensive shift yet, instead of being a minus fielder, he's a plus fielder. Uh, that's a real thing. I don't think there's anything mm-hmm. bogus about that. So yeah, for for him to be a plus, if you look at that, uh, you look at the, that that uh, that infield, and you see him as a plus, you see Arenado as a minus. Man, it's just kind of crazy. Um, I, I got to say, and I should have added this. I'm not worried about Arenado's offense. Listen, he was brutal in the first month. He was brutal. Yep. But if you look at what he did in May, and I'll I'll just give you the OPS. Although some people think OPS is some uh, convoluted, uh, ridiculous stat that came down from Mars or something, and actually, it's a main, It's a mainstream stat that uh, most people go to and and actually enjoy. You know, going on for 10, mm-hmm. 15 years. It's nothing crazy about it. You take your on-base percentage and your slugging percentage and you add it together. That's your OPS. It's just not that complicated. Um, in May, he had a 902 OPS. There's not a damn thing wrong with that. And so far in June, he's got a 906 OPS plus. His first month was a washout offensively. Was, I got to think is as bad as he's ever been in terms of a slump. Mm -hmm. But he got out of it, and he's hitting. He's providing offense. Um, They need him to be... They they just need him to be the gold and platinum glove-level fielder at third base that he's always been. He doesn't have to be platinum glove-winning caliber this year. But he's just got to be much better than he is. And... It's not like that's an unreasonable thing. It's not a, you know, pie in the sky thing. He hasn't lost a step. He He's not uh, slowed down, so to speak. I really think, now, I can be accused of making excuses for him. Okay, but I'm going to say this, and I've been consistent with this. I don't think the dugout has got much of an idea of what they're doing when they, the way they position their infielders and the way they position their outfielders. Their outfield positioning is among the worst in baseball, according to fielding Bible. They don't line them up right and they lose runs because of it. Um, The infield positioning is not the the telltale sign is that when they use a shift this year, the Cardinals are like way above average defensively at the infield positions. I don't know why they don't use the shift more, but I don't know if they have Arenado uh, and DeYoung kind of lined up right. I really don't think they do. Um, I'm not claiming I know better than the people that run the team do because I don't. But just watching this and seeing some of the gaps in the defense and just frankly not having a lot of trust in a dugout operation that is that has overseen a total collapse of this team's defense and base running. Uh I don't have much faith in them to be able to line up their fielders, infield or outfield, to do it right. I just don't. And I won't uh I, I no I have a, I have no reason to um you know, back off that. Maybe when they start playing better better defense it'll happen, but it's a again, I keep saying this, man, sorry, but it's a weird season. It's a weird when you when you can't even count on the people in the dugout that know how to position fielders, my goodness.
1: That's a problem. And, and, you,
0: it- and, you, and you and you got iPad Boy as your pitching coach. I, yeah. I, <laughs> I
1: love the way you describe him because I'm kind of there with you on that thought process. They got
0: three hitting coaches, and I don't know why any team needs three hitting coaches. Two of them have never been major league coaches before. I don't know who they are. I don't know what they do. I could go on and on, but you all get the drift. Is anyone out there confident in this dugout? And when I say dugout, I mean everyone in it who's basically got some authority to change things or do things differently. I don't know how
1: you can because nothing they have – Tried to attempt or told others to attempt has worked. I mean, there's really nothing. I go, well, that worked. That good for them. Maybe, maybe moving Jordan Hicks to the right side of the rubber. Uh, they everything they tried to do with Jordan Walker didn't work. He fixed, it, kind of fixed himself for right. the most part. You uh, can just go down the line. I, I can't tell you, Bernie. There's anything else on this pitching staff where I went, oh yeah, that helped them. I mean, everything has failed miserably. I mean they right. can't do anything we talked about Liberator yesterday they have no answers for Steven Matz, which is a mind boggling thing you think there'd be at least something you could do to get some use out of him yeah, he is he's healthy had,
0: he's, he's had some good major league seasons you he's he not a Cy Young guy but he he's never been as bad as he is with the Cardinals since he signed on yeah you know
1: it's it's amazing how all these questions are coming up i it's frustrating and and to your point the dugout and anything that's coming from that message-wise, I I don't have any confidence in it. And I'm sure the younger kids are doing what they're told, and they know some. But like the veterans, they're probably going, "What the heck are we doing here?" You know, and we're talking about Goldie and Arenado; they're they're veterans. I'm sure they're going, "What are we doing here? Why are we doing this?" I, you got to question that. At some, point. I would
0: think Arenado. I, I, I think he, he he's got the stature. I think he could go in there and. Uh, fir- politely or respectfully would be the word, and but firmly uh, say, "Look, I. Why are we doing it this way? I. I think if we did it that way. I think we get. I think we probably our defense would probably be stronger. That's that's what I think. What do you think? Let's talk about it. I think he would have that conversation. I
1: would hope so. Um, I would also hope that the organization would have a little thicker skin and doesn't turn it into a Lance Lynn thing. Yeah. You know, you we've had that discussion on the air about how. Lance would question some things, and others didn't like it. I would hope they wouldn't push back on. I mean, there's—it's a healthy discussion to have. I would hope they wouldn't push back. Hey, uh, why don't you just knock it off and go do what you're told?
0: Well, Marmol's got—it—it um, it actually would be the other way for for the for the players on the Cardinals, the ones who have achieved the most. You know, he. Um, you know, the the Wayne Wright thing we've been through a bunch yep. of times, uh, that's never going to change. I mean, Ali uh, Ali is like almost infatuated with him because uh, he's had such a great career. Um, to the point of the, he was going to go insane and start him in game three against the Phillies last year. Uh, didn't get that far, but the fact that he was going to do that is just absolutely insane. So that tells you all you need to know. Um but listen, he'll, when a Goldie comes to him and, or an Arenado comes to him, he's going to listen. I, that's what I believe. So maybe maybe they need to assert themselves a little more. I would appreciate that because they're both uh, hardwired guys who set up a really high standard because even in Arenado's case, we're talking about, well, his season this year, blah, blah, blah. Listen, his season this year is still pretty damn good. He's just got to get the defensive part, especially straightened out. Um but I yeah I I don't uh, I I can't figure it out. But again, remember at, we we started at the opening of the show or the first few minutes of the show, and I was talking about I don't know why I don't know how the Milwaukee Brewers keep hanging in there and not only uh, staying in the race but stay above 500. And every time they slip, they pick themselves up again. It's like, well here they come. They're back in first. Or here they come now. They're four games over 500 and they have they do have statistically the worst offense in the National League and it's like well they've had pitching injuries it's like how are they doing this i'll give you uh, and i mentioned this without backing it up with a number um, according to according to fielding bible and sports uh, info solutions the best defensive team in the National League are the Milwaukee Brewers the worst de- defensive team in the National League are the St. Louis Cardinals that that explains a lot. You know what the Brewers are defensively? They're plus thirty, plus thirty. The Cardinals minus twenty-eight. It's like the pol- it's oh, like the polar wow. opposite, yeah. right? That's, that so you wonder, that. you wonder why Milwaukee has this great record in one-run games, eleven and four. Why the Cardinals are? I always lose track. I did look it up, six and fourteen, something like that. Well, one of the teams not only catches the ball, but they save runs. They save 30 runs so far. And the other one just bleeds uh, defensively and can't back up a pitching staff, a rotation specifically, that can't, that just doesn't strike people out. The ball's always in play. The Brewers are smarter in every single way than the St. Louis Cardinals. And you look at the manager that you, you know why. You look at his standards, you know why. You look at their front office operation, even though David Stearns isn't there, Matt Arnold's plenty good. He picks up players at Cardinals that didn't even know were available, like Julio um uh, who's having a really good come, bounce back for them. And that's why they win the close games. That's why they win the one-run games. That's why when the when the Brewers face teams that they should beat, not that you're going to win them all, not that you're even going to be really really dominant, but they're 24 and 14 this year against losing teams, 20, 10 games over 100 against losing opponents, and the Cardinals are under 500 against losing teams by a couple of games. Well, who's smarter? Uh who play who's got better pitching even after all these injuries? Who's got better starting pitching? who's got the better defense who who's got the smarter dugout operation i mean and it's across the board the brewers win games because they truly are smarter than just about anybody and they find value in bargains more than most operations do and they got a manager that always manages to put it together even if they don't make the playoffs they're good you don't see them bottoming out and embarrassing themselves the way the Cardinals have, even though the Cardinals spent a lot more money than the Brewers. Hey, it's funny, but baseball's not all physical. Baseball's got a lot to do with brains as well. And the Cardinals are a sloppy uh, team that's pretty, just does a lot of stupid things. And I think I speak for a lot of people when I say, I don't have faith in this dugout. Do you think anyone in Milwaukee or any Brewers fan is saying, I don't have faith in this dugout? With Craig Council and all those veteran coaches in there, you think anybody's saying that? No, of course not. So the, in addition to all their other transgressions, this front office has allowed this team, and some will say, well, what do you mean allowed this team? That, that's where it starts. What I was going to say, they've allowed this team to turn really dumb and really sloppy. And there's no excuse for that. None. None. You know, um, and Mike Schilt took over for Matheny in 2018, one game before the All-Star break. He cleaned this, t- this team up in the fundamentals in no time. In no time. And they had a really good record in the second half. Didn't make the playoffs, but they, they were a good second-half team that actually improved all their fundamentals on the fly. This team just lets it just go on and on and on and on and on and you know you finally uh, I give Ali credit I almost feel like not giving him credit but that sounds petty you got to give him credit but he he did come up with the idea I'm going to make Edmund our center fielder okay that's working that's a good job um, the way he handled the whole Hicks situation I think he did a good job with that now that you look back on it I mean he has some isolated examples where you say okay that was a smart idea it worked how many how many, How many though? And it's nowhere close to all the things that make you go, what? What's going on here, right?
1: Yeah, that's too many of those, question mark. Especially, I, will, I don't know how you feel about it, Bernie, but I think from time to time you see in-game managing moves, and it scratches my mm-hmm. head. Yeah, and there's like,
0: no doubt about that, it. You know,
1: usage of the bullpen and who goes where and how he's fitting them in, knowing full well that, you know, that guy is – Toast, and that's you know, in a position. Uh, The job is to put a guy in a position so he can succeed, and I think he puts them in too many situations where they're set to fail. That's just my opinion on a few things from time to time. I see it within a game, and that's on him, and that's the difference between a council and a Marmol that we're talking
0: about. I think there's no doubt that counsel and this has been going on for years and yeah he had Josh Hader he's got Devin Williams but there's more to a bullpen than just your closer I mean he 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 and his pitching coach got a couple of years out of Brad Boxberger where you're like how is this happening Boxberger ain't that good right they sign they sign him for pennies on the dollar and he served them very very well and they pick up guys like that all the time the Cardinals should have a, b- a better bullpen, top to bottom, and they don't. You know how many? You know how many um, blown leads? And that w- people w- might want to know. Well, what's a blown lead? It's when you have a lead and you lose the lead and the game after the sev- from the seventh inning on, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: they've only they've only blown fourteen leads, and the Cardinals. I want to update this, so give me a moment. It won't take long, because I want to close this point out, and then we'll get to a break. Uh, The St. Louis Cardinals, the Brewers have blown 15 leads. The Cardinals have blown 24 late-inning leads. And uh, the Brewers have more comeback wins. The Cardinals, it's not even close. Council knows how to run a bullpen, and he's been like that almost from day one. He was one of the smartest players in the game when he was there, Miami and, and Arizona. He, the guy's just got great intellect. Great, I think off the field too, but great baseball intellect. And people say, well, managers don't manage; It doesn't matter. Oh, we put too much on coach. No. Nope. Exhibit A, compare the Brewers to the Cardinals in terms of the fundamentals, the smart baseball, getting the most out of what you have. They have the worst offense in the National League, and they have a pitching staff that has lost guys all season long. And they're in first place four games above 500. It doesn't add up. One team's really smart, the other team, not so much. That is a factor in this. I don't think there's any doubt about it. And that's that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's getting, I, I, I just would, you know, you look at that quick roster of that bullpen, like you said joel Piams has been a uh, been around and he's doing great work out of their bullpen holby a 32 year old guy has been around it's another one yeah thank you It's and, another one and they just guess what they're in high leverage situations and pitching well for them whenever they need them and that's that's what he does he you know you mentioned boxberger I know there's a couple of the, the kid the left-hander suitor they've had it over the years you look at him you go how the heck is he well he knows how to use guys he knows how to put them in situations to succeed that's why he's good
0: he really does, and their bullpen continues to be a strength under him, even after they pulled the rug out from under him by trading uh, Hayter to San Diego uh, at the All-Star Breaker, or whatever that was a couple years ago. Um, before we take a break, I, I want to brag about uh, my friends at Pasiglia Landscape Nursery and Garden Center. They have a beautiful business, uh, and it's been out there in Wildwood since 1950, family-owned business, They've been serving St. Louis for all these decades. So 30 years with its landscape design services and they're phenomenal. It's one of the best things they do and they do a lot of things in a great way. But you can go to Pisciglia.com and see examples of their landscape design. Just beautiful. You'll be impressed. Take a look if you're thinking about landscaping. Um, If you're just a garden enthusiast, you just love it. You always want to improve your garden. You want to always add things. Maybe you want to, need some advice about this is not growing right what am i doing wrong can you help me can you give me some advice they love it that's what they like to do most of all they take care of everything on the 10 acres and you see the results because everything on the 10 acres is gorgeous but when i was out there you know a couple of their staffers told me said the thing we like is when people ask us questions they got a problem they're confused they're a little frustrated we love nothing more than to you know, take their questions and talk to them and give them advice, explain some things, maybe tell them about things they didn't know, especially if they're relatively new to gardening. See, that's the kind of service you get at Pasiglia uh, Landscape Nursery and Garden Center. You don't just get the beautiful 10 acres that's got anything you can imagine that's growing uh, out there, um, but you get this incredible hands-on service and just people that love to really make it better for you and to get you on the right track or tell you how you can solve a problem they love to do that and and it shows and if you just visit pasiglia landscape nursery garden you will see what i'm talking about and also don't forget when you go to pasiglia.com to check out their podcast to the root to hear all the garden tips and advice you need along with stories of garden center life also on their uh pasiglia.com Uh, They have upcoming events. That's the other thing. They always have events, whether they're teaching something, uh, highlighting something. They always have events that you're welcome to come out to. So check the schedule for upcoming events at Pasiglia.com. They're located at uh, 1855 Highway 109 in Wildwood, or you can go online at Pasiglia.com. We'll be right back here on The Bernie Show.